This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back, everyone, to Talking It Out with Bachelor Nation. Another great episode for you today. We have a very special guest. Michael A. is on the show. Mike, are you excited? I'm definitely excited. I've never met a Mike that I don't like, and Mike is a great guy, so let's bring him on. <laughs> great name, great guy. Let's do it. Uh, but you know how we do, man. We first got to get to our hot takes. Yes. What you got? And I am going to start. Uh, I got this question, man. Do you believe couples should do everything together, or is some level of independence necessary in a relationship? Oh, what are your thoughts? Now... I'll preface the convo with this. This is based off my personal experience and my relationships. And I do believe that it is definitely necessary to have some level of independence. Um, you just can't do every single little thing together. Um, you came together as individuals, right? Yes. And you did form this union, but that doesn't mean that you should lose your individuality, right? Correct. I think there is a thing called smothering. And it is a real thing, and I think it could be too much in some cases. Now, if you're listening out there and you're in a marriage or relationship and you guys love to smother each other and you're all good and happy, then more power to you. But I think that – I actually heard this the other day. It was a, some uh, an older couple giving advice, and they both said the same thing. Setting boundaries in the relationship and giving each other space plays a huge role in the longevity of a relationship. And I actually totally believe that. Um, I mean, I have, I have examples of, of both, right? Like I've been in situations before. I think I've told you the story before, Mike, where I took my girlfriend to Columbia very early on in the relationship. It was hot and heavy and it was too much. It was too much. Like I just didn't want to break up the momentum of leaving for two weeks and not being able to spend time with her. So I invited her and she said, yes, she was happy to go, but it turned out to be a mistake. And you hear stories like that all the time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where, Why did it turn out to be a mistake? Cause y'all were on vacation. It was just too much. It was for a wedding. It was for a wedding with my family. So she literally met my entire family very early on. And I, I think, I just think it was too much. I just think it was too much. It ended up being too much. Um, and I just feel like you hear examples of, these types of things all the time, right? Where a relationship starts, things start hot and heavy, very fast, very early, and the two people are inseparable. And then maybe one person starts sacrificing their time with their family and their friends, and they're like head over heels, and they just basically forget about life, right? And then the other person maybe is like still doing their thing, and like one person loses their sense of identity a little bit, and it could cause a rift. Um, but then I've been on the other end of the spectrum where – Rachel and I, and that's why I think we get along so good, is we give each other space. Mm -hmm. For example, quarantine. How many stories did you hear of people getting divorced, getting breaking up, you know, people getting on each other's nerves, you know, the mental stress that was going on at the time? I mean, it was a lot, right? And you had a lot of breakups. And for me and her, it was just we knew like kind of when to separate. Like she would be in one room doing her thing, watching Housewives, drinking some wine. I'd be in the other room, you know working on my thing, watching sports, whatever, working out, you know what I'm saying? Like things that were important to me, she was doing things that were important to her. And then we would come together eventually, you know, watch Tiger King or something. You know what I'm saying? Like later later on down the line, I'm taking it back. Right. But it's just like, we knew how to navigate that situation. And even to today till today, you know, she goes out with her friends and it's not like, I'm like, you know, 
where are you going? What are you doing? Like, why can't I come? You know what I'm saying? Like, I let her do her thing. She wants to go out and network and do her thing with her friends. I I want to give her that freedom. And, and she's even told me on many occasions, she's like, I appreciate that from you because my exes and pe- men in my previous uh, relationships didn't like that. And they didn't like me to go out, you know, with my friends and enjoy myself. And I give her that freedom and she likes that. And I think that's a key to long-term success is just Completely. setting boundaries and giving each other space. What do you think? Completely. I think with that being said, I'll also agree that I'll also say and add to that. Even if you work together with your spouse or your significant other, you don't have to go to like the same exact meetings, right? You don't got to work in the same exact room. You know, you can be on two different sides of the house, uh, go to opposite meetings or different meetings, but still work in the same space. So even for people that work together, you still, I feel, should have boundaries. You know, you don't want to smother each other. But again, like you said, for those that want to smother each other, baby, do all you do what you want, do what you desire. Um, for me, I remember being in a relationship in the past, and I remember her saying to me, "She's losing herself." You know, she's like losing herself because we were always watch the same exact TV shows, right? Uh, together at the exact same time, we would uh, every vacation was together, and it was more of like, "Hey, let me." You're still a human being, like. I can go kick with my boys. You can go kick it with your friends as well. Correct. And we can come back and do our thing also. Like you said, again, we were individuals before we met. We're together now, but we still have an individual spirit, you know? And so. And, and think about it, man. I mean, when you get together with somebody, you're, you're like we said, you're an individual. You're your own person. You're coming from a maybe a totally different background, a totally different upbringing, way of doing things. You know what I'm saying? And, like, sometimes <laughs> – you know, it could get it could be too much. And I it think can. that that space is healthy. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and as long as you're on the same page when it comes to that, I think that that's that's definitely healthy for a relationship. Never, ever, ever underestimate the value of some alone time. Yes. yes. I definitely need my alone definitely time. Definitely necessary sometimes. All right. So I got I, got, <laughs> um, I went on a date. Right. And I got to tell you, <laughs> I haven't told Wait, my boys a date. Time. Oh yeah, I wanted to do. Can we get some like breaking news, like sound or something? But I, 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 don't, I don't hear too much about these dates. Mike is a very private individual, so I, I, let, I let's am, hear I it. Am, I am, uh, but you already know who my future wife is. Uh, I but, do, I do. So I went on this date, right? And the date was going great. It was going. It was really going great. And bro, I, swear, I, I can't believe this happened. So uh, I give her my phone to like look at something, right? We were like looking at a picture or whatever. I get a text and she opens the text. Then now that wasn't even the, like the, the high point. She opens Wait, my text Wait, is this a first message. date? Is this a first date? It was a date? first date. Oh, okay. First date, bro. That's bold. She opens my text. <laughs> then, you know, you can click out of the text. Then she's looking at my text thread to see like the other people that have texted me as well. Okay. Like you were on there, our, our uh, talking it out group chat was on there, some other group chats. And then she sees uh, the name Tiffany. Right. Oh, she, she was looking. Tiffany. She was just looking for one woman in that. In Bro, that, chain. she was legit going through my like messages, and I was like, "Do I grab my phone from? Like, do I snatch it out of her hands? Do I look at her like she's crazy? Which is what I did. Do I like? I, I was, I was in awe, and uh, I was, I was like, "Who the hell are you? Who decides to do go through someone's phone?" Right, and uh, right in front of me was wild, and then she says, uh, "Who's Tiffany?" And I laughed at her. I laughed in her face. Like, wow. Why are you she asking? Is like, she is staking the you? claim right and then, then and there. And then I uh, I click on, I may have feel like a straight dumbass. So I click on Tiffany's name and it says Tiffany Trey John's mom, which Trey John is my mentee. You know, my mentor, Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Yes, yes. And we text all the time that he just got baptized, right? And I'm just looking at her. I'm like, why did you do that? You know, like, so I guess my hot take is what is the etiquette? When you're doing, when you're dating someone, do you ever go through someone's phone like that? I've never personally, any girlfriend I've ever had in my life, I've never looked through their messages like that. Like when wow. someone, I'm looking at, when I'm looking at their phone and a message pops up, I'm a, you know, I'm gonna see it or whatever, but I'm not gonna like go, I'm not gonna read it, then go out and then look at the other messages. I've never done <laughs> that to any girlfriend, let alone a, a first date. Listen, time out. I like. Honestly, that's a major red flag. I'm not going to lie. It's not even a major red flag. It's not even a flag. It's flag was burnt. So I don't know why this just popped in my head, but have you seen the joke on Instagram where like the couples like 
hey, babe, look at look at this uh, funny meme or whatever. And then like that text pops up from like Susie from the club or whatever it pops up. And the, <laughs> the other person's like, who the hell is that? Susie. Bro, if you would have done that with that girl. I don't know. You might have gotten punched in the mouth. I don't know. <laughs> like right then and there. Bro, that would, and I would have looked at her after she punched me in the mouth and be like, now if I would have did that, some, I would be in jail right now. But you can do that. You can get away with it. Seriously. No, I mean, that. That that's just weird. I was like, beyond you, you weird. Guys don't then, even, oh. You guys don't even know each other that well to, for her to be grabbing your stuff like that. Bro, the, the, the funny part, you know, we haven't really talked about this. Like me being the single guy, if and whenever I do go on dates... Like, uh, it's not every single one, but I would say 60%. And this, I, this is so unattractive. They're like, yeah, I was unsure if I was going on this date with you because, like, you know, I looked at your IG and you didn't follow me back immediately. And I'm pretty sure this you is what a lot she of said. Girls. Yeah, this is what she said as well. I'm like, yo, ugh. it's so wow. agonizing. Anything else, dude? Because, I mean, she's got two strikes already. I ain't going to lie. There is that's, no other strike. Like that's you can't so we go got insecurity. Like <laughs> insecurity has been shown. Yeah, you could just a little bit, a little bit of jealousy like already. <laughs> what else? I, I just want people to know, like people that are you know have been dating for a while. I'm sure have been hurt. I've been hurt. You've been hurt in the past, but never bring past pain into a, a onto someone else in your relationship. Don't bring past trauma onto someone else. Now, I'm not saying Facts. don't be ignorant, you know, don't pay attention to things, but at the same time, the emotion that you have for what someone else did in the past, don't bring that to a brand new relationship because you ain't going to have a relationship for long. Did you, t uh, by any chance, did you talk to her about her past? Like, had she dealt with yeah, the fidelity that's before? Legit, and... That's the way I took it because I was laughing at her. Like, I was laughing yeah. in her face. <laughs> I'm laughing at her now. It's funny. I was like, who are you? I can. I just don't feel like I can do that and get away with it, right? And so I was like, "So why did you do that? Like, what what happened to you?" Right? That's literally what I told you. You were trying to get down to like the psyche of it. Yeah, like, we went what? to a different conversation. At this point, it was talking it out. Like, what happened to you? Talk to me. Talk to me, baby. What took place or whatever? And she was like, "Yeah, you know, these things happen." I'm like, and I continue to say what I just said now, which is like, "Yo, if, if we were to ever establish something, I don't like it when you like." treat me as if I hurt you or treat me as if I've done something wrong to you and you're giving me a second chance. Like, and she said in this conversation that we had at this date, she was like, yeah, see, that's why I don't like guys. That's why I don't like men. Is that like, was she kind of like all men are the same yeah, type, and I'm like, well, type I, thinking? I, and I, this is where I'm, I'm getting pissed at. I'm like, well, why, why am I here with you? Then? Yeah. She's like, well, well, I mean, right now you seem different. And I, and I know I know the majority of our listeners are women, right? And I know that guys, at times we could be shit. But at the same time, please don't bring, like, what something, I don't care if it happened 10 times, don't bring what someone else did in the past into this new relationship or this oh. new situationship or this new date that you're going on. And that goes both ways, right? I mean, if, if yeah. it was a guy doing that same thing, yes, that would be weird, right? Checking a woman's text messages, who is... Who, Who is Bobby? You? you know what I mean? It's like, that like would just be so weird. I'm going to give my mama the phone. I'm not going through my mom's phone. I'm not going through no one. I'm not going through no man, no woman, no nobody's phone. Yeah. Like, when when I somebody give me their phone to look at a picture, <laughs> I'm like, okay, can I, can I swipe left? I ask. <laughs> you know, you never know what you can see in somebody's phone. Well, what, did, what did Drake say? I know Drake had a line about that. He's like, you might, you might be upset if you swipe to the left or something like that. Uh, it's just... I, I, I was flabbergasted. That has never happened in my life to where someone, literally a text message pops up. They click on the text. Yeah. Then they go out and look at the other texts. And then they ask you about a woman's name. Like, and then I know low-key. It's ballsy. I know, she, that's, I, that's... I know in, in her weird brain that she liked me because it wasn't no woman like that I was hollering at, right? In my text message thread. Which, it ain't like I deleted. I wasn't prepared. So, so, you, you, know what I mean? so you passed. You, you like, passed I passed her little, little test, bit. but at the same yeah. time, she completely failed. Yeah, yeah. So, are we? Is it safe to say that there's will be date, no date number two? It's safe to say. You know what? I'm a. I, I, here's my hot take. I paid for the dinner. It was a pretty expensive dinner because, I like if I'm going out, I want to treat myself as well. That's how I look at it, right? And and she hit me up first. Should I? So she initiated the whole date. Yeah, because because I already know someone's gonna say, well, who, the date is uh, who pays for it is the one who uh, who asked for it, right? 
should I pay for the date? If you don't like your date as a man, should you pay for the date? Or should you not like the whole, like, should you pay for your half? If she asked, if she asked, she's like, hey, we should go on a date sometime. All right, cool. I'm, I'm free next Wednesday. If you're not feeling her, should you pay for the whole meal or should you pay for your half? I've never I've been thought about in, that question. I've been I've been in dates well, when I was single, obviously, when I knew there was not going to be a, a second date, and mm-hmm. I've always paid. Like that's just well. me. Like I'll just I just pay for it, call it a night, call it a day. You just keep it moving. You know, it is what it is. It was, it was a learning lesson or whatever, whatever I could have taken out of that experience. You know, nice person, I'm respectful, but yeah, it's just you're just not for me. I've I've done the same always, but like I said, that in my little heated moment that I just had with you, that question just popped in my head. Um, yeah. Because I remember my homegirl, I'm not going to say her name, she's a really good friend of mine. She's like, she always calls me Mikey. She's like, Mikey, you know, I used to go on dates seven days a week because I didn't have no money and I needed dinner. <laughs> and I'm like, stop. Listen, <laughs> listen. Some women, they, yeah, they but, like going on dinner dates. <laughs> I mean, hell, I like going on dinner dates too. No. But, but, more importantly, we got to bring Mike in I want to hear him and his dating life, what's going on, um, just everything. I mean, he pinned a beautiful Mother's Day um, mention to his uh, late wife. And I want to just talk about how it is to be a single father, um, how's post-show. So let's talk it out with Mike. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must-not-take-yourself-too-seriously and 6-1 since that matters and What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We have Michael A. on the pod. How you doing today, man? What's going hey, on, man? What's, what's going on, fellas? Long time. It has been a long time. We've been uh, patiently building up to be able to speak to you, the man, the oh, myth, the legend, the one with the greatest beard ever. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. That's high praise. High praise. So talk to us, man. How uh, How's life been? How's life post-time on The Bachelorette been? You know, I can't believe that it was basically a year ago almost to the day. I mean, I got back in April of last year and it feels like so long ago. I mean, as you guys know, just from being on the season to seeing new seasons come out and cycle through, it's like really quick. You feel like, like you're the old man in the room and I'm already the old man in the room anyways. So Brian, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, old, I'm probably older than you, bro. <laughs> uh, I'll be, I'll be, thir- I'll be 38 uh, next week. So got you by four years, brother. <laughs> no way. You're looking good, man. Um, <laughs> Appreciate it. But either, but either way, life's, life's been good. I mean, it's settled back down. I'm, I'm working, you know, there's obviously some fun social media stuff. It's given me enough time to reflect on, you know, the people I've met, uh, the experience I've had. It's, I don't know. It's a wild experience. And I think unless you've been on this whole thing and this whole journey, uh, it's difficult to really understand. But um, it's it's been fun. I'm glad I did it. Glad you did it. Well, Mike, I got to I got to ask a question for the ladies. Right. I have to. This is it's just what we do. OK, I okay. just uh, before every episode, Brian, and I have hot takes. And I just uh, told Brian about a date that I went on to where. The young lady looked at my phone, right? Looked, looked, looking at my messages, wanted to see what was up. And she said, um, she felt the type of way because I was like, I had a big following. And I will, first, are you single? I'm single, yes. Okay. Uh, how has life been when it comes to dating post bachelor? I mean, honestly, I think I've developed trust issues. <laughs> Like I never had them in my entire life. And for the first time, 
Um, you know, I'm worried about who I'm talking to, why they want to talk to me. I mean, that whole for the right reasons thing is way beyond the show. That's and great. I feel like it's spilling out into my personal life. And so I don't know, I've been a little bit more guarded than I think I ever had before. And I'm not sure if that's common, if, if, you know, Brian, you didn't get to experience that, but Mike, like when you were off the show, like, you know, did you have the same thing or am I just an anomaly out here? Well, well firstly, I would say, uh, for us, Mike's, we would wish that we were in Brian's position. Um, yes. <laughs> definitely I, I, so. I, like it's scary out there, guys. I know how single life can be. And I mean, especially coming off the show, I, I know it's gotta be tough because like you said, Michael, you don't know what people's true intentions are. Right. Do you yeah. have any crazy stories of, what, of something that's taken place since you've been off the show in dating? I'm, I mean, not really, because I've been, for the most part, uh, pretty guarded. And I mean, honestly, I was pretty amazed with and surprised with how long it took me to get back out there after going through the cycle. Um, you know, obviously, you you do the shooting then you wait for the filming and then it airs and then you're just kind of left like, oh, my God, can I when is it the right time to, like, pick my life back up again? When can I start building again? And it took me a lot longer than I thought to actually jump back in there. So it's it's actually fresh to me right now. So I'm jumping back in and, and trying to throw my hat in the ring. So have you gone on dates? Um, I've gone on like three first dates. Okay. And he what said, he said first so, day, he specified first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Meaning so, no number two, no, no, no number, second day. No number two. Yeah. They've been, they've been pretty quick. All, all have been really cordial, very nice. But, you know, sometimes when it becomes all about the show, the conversation, mm. and it becomes all about social media, it's, it's, it's almost like, yeah, I understand that there's questions and I can entertain those, but I'm trying to get to know, you too. And anytime I'm dating somebody, I'm usually loving asking the questions because it's I'm trying to figure out who they are as a person, not just what the yeah. show's about. So Michael, let me ask you this. Like you've been on three first dates since the show. And you know, to your defense, it is like you've been off the show for about a year, like 13 months now. It's definitely extremely fresh and extremely new. Um, especially I can imagine as a single father and just you have so many things that you're juggling. How do you, how are you meeting these ladies? Because I think that that, ha- that plays a part. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's usually through a friend, but I mean, that's rare because a lot of my friends just at this age, they're married with kids. And uh, the other one goes with uh, Instagram. I feel like Instagram has proven to be a great dating app <laughs> for the most part. Um, LinkedIn, think, bro. I, LinkedIn. I, I, Oh, LinkedIn. Yeah, I should. I mean, it's nice because it's not just what people want to show you, but, you know, you can go back, you know, 10 years to figure out a whole body of work on Instagram. So I don't know. It, it, it helps. It helps you stoop a little bit deeper if you're trying to so, investigate. So it's safe to say women have been sliding in your DMs, Michael. Yeah, I've, ha- I've had a few, not probably not as many as everybody else. But yeah, I've had I've had a, I've had a few way more than before. Um, so, like, what's your process of, I guess, navigating that and flushing out, like, who's, you know, who's legit and who's not? I mean, obviously, you mentioned they talk about social media and they're talking all about the show on the first date, which you would think, you know, try to steer away from that and actually get to know you if if you even want a shot. But, like, how do you how do you navigate that or how do you how do you figure it out? Well, I think I think if people are willing to be vulnerable um, that's usually the first thing I'm always asked, like looking for and, and probing is really don't show me who you think I want to see. Oh, like, be, because I'm, I'm really, I can't, I mean, at this point in my life, I cannot be with somebody that believes, you know, rainbows and unicorns. I need people that are scarred. I need people that have been through some serious stuff because what that shows me is grit and grit is the number one characteristic I look for in friends and partners. And it's number one thing I'm trying to teach in my son, because if, if you can develop grit, the ability to overcome adversity and still hold your head about you and, and your, and your character and be able to move forward, then 
then nothing can hurt you. And so that's, that's something that I'm always trying to look at because as from my own story, marriage is a beautiful thing. It's far from perfect. Life throws wrenches in it, but you have to be able to get over it together as like a cohesive unit. Have you read the book? Great. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Love it. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Grit, grit is just one of those things that I'm not sure if you're born with it or you develop it, but when you see it, it's it's very clear. Uh, definitely so. Uh, oh, that. You were giving me a little bit of David Goggins in there when you were speaking. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. you, you had mentioned uh, trying to teach your son grit, and we were talking about uh, the dating aspect, but you had wanted to say something else. How, as a single parent, I always find this fascinating. When it comes to your son, James, how do you navigate that when it comes to dating? Yeah, well, I mean, if I were to... You know, rarely does this show actually fit into people's lives. It's typically a inconvenience to put everything on hold. But for me and my life, it actually made some sense, or <laughs> at least I made it make sense. And what I mean by that is James is in bed at 8.30 every night. I'm home. You know, he's five, five years old. If I were to go on 10 first dates, that's 10 days away. And I'm already through three this year, so... Um, <laughs> you know, so basically like the show is nice because you're able to dedicate a set amount of time to, you know, talk about your life, your feelings, develop your, your, your plan for how you want to spend the next chapter of your life. And as far as James is concerned and how he fits into that, I think kids, honestly, they they see things clearer than adults do. They have more mm -hmm. perseverance and understanding than adults. We often complicate very simple things and we put our own emotions onto people. And so I know this to be true because James constantly asks me about, you know, when are you going to find somebody? When are, when are you going to start like dating? I can tell that he wants somebody here. Um, you know, with Mother's Day that just happened, it was a really difficult thing. It was unique in the fact that last year it didn't hit him as hard as this year. And this whole entire week leading up to Mother's Day, he's filled in the classroom with all kids. The teachers are talking about making their mothers, you know, something because they play such an important role in his life. And he's sitting kind of odd man out. And so he knows that there's something different. Like I can see the pain and, and the yearning and him wanting that in his life. Um, but it's, you know, a lot of times it's, I tell him, you know, I'm still working through it. I'm working for you, buddy. I'm going to work. I'm trying to get this done for you, but it's gotta be the right person. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. As James gets older, you know, you mentioned from last year when he was four to this year as five and it being Mother's Mother's Day week last week. How do you how do you get him to know Laura, his mom? Yeah, well, there's a couple things. I mean, I started the L4 project, which is a, a nonprofit that raises money for um, free free cancer services for, you know, people that are in dire need of it. So that's a legacy project that I put into place about two months after Laura passed. Um, so that, you know, we could kind of cement her in our lives, something to rally around. Hopefully that's something that he takes um, and runs with when he comes of age. I also have, you know, Laura was an only child. So, you know, her parents, my in-laws, um, they're extremely close. They visit every single week. Um, they, we tell stories. We try to bring it in. And we're always walking this balance between allowing the child to be a kid and to just live this free life, but also having to check in periodically to make sure that he doesn't 
feel like he can't talk about it, that, you know, even if something is painful, if it does hurt, you know, that's just love with no place to go. I mean, that's a good feeling. We're all yearning for that. And so I want to create that environment for him where he feels that no matter how silly it may sound, he can always talk about it. Love that. Love that. And uh, Michael, has your journey with grief changed at all since the show aired? Yeah. Um, I, I never read books on grief. And I don't do that because the majority of the ones that I've stumbled across, they make it seem like a step-by-step process. That it's this linear line so that once you get past one, now you're on to another, whether it's anger and sadness and confusion. It doesn't work like that. It's it's almost like if you just took a pen and, and scribbled in a circle because, you know, things that I thought that I wrote was over, um, you know, they find ways of surfacing in other ways. And, you know, grief for me, it's... I'm not trying to get over grief. It's a part of me. And I like that scar about me. I don't want to heal, but I can, you know, be productive. I can have a beautiful life, you know, after all this. And it's, it's a crazy thought to think that the next woman that I'm going to be with one, I'll be with her longer than I ever knew Laura. And two, James will know her better than she's, he ever knew Laura as well. Like as sad as that is because we lost an amazing person with Laura, that's also exciting because that means like we're just getting started and that puts time into perspective. Uh, I love that right there. You, you, I heard Jada Pinkett Smith on her, uh, her show talk about grief and she said, you know, people that are grieving uh, and as time goes on, they at times feel guilt for not being sad every day, right? Or just not being sad about what took place. And what you just said, you hit the nail on the head right there, that this is a part of my life. Yeah. You know, this is something that I hold with me and will forever hold me. So I love that you said that. I want to highlight that. Uh, but it sounds like you like books, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I read a decent amount, yeah. Okay, so like, what are you reading lately that has blown your mind or changed the perspective? I'm actually, where is it? This is a great book. It's a kid's book. But like I said, sometimes the best tidbits are in kids books. This one's called True. The Boy, the Mole, the Fox and the Horse. It's a Who's the boy? Um, it's by uh, Charlie uh, McKesey. It is a True. awesome read filled with like amazing one liners and it's super simple. But again, it goes back to you know, we can wax poetic as much as possible, but sometimes kids just simplify things and, and put them in a way that just makes sense. Yeah. And Michael, Definitely you were uh, a little bit more about James and how, how were you expecting to navigate? Obviously, you're you're now dating um, and you're expecting to obviously have somebody be your beautiful wife for from now until the future. What how do you. I guess, introduce James to that person or how do you bring him in into the fold to somebody new? Yeah, I mean, I think walking that line again where you're trying to figure out the right time to bring somebody in is is a fragile one. Um, I remember when Laura passed, the last thing I wanted is to have this revolving door where people would come in, James would get attached to somebody and then something didn't work out in the relationship and he had to say bye again. So I think that fear really made me walk into dating again when, and probably delayed it. But I, I think, I think bringing somebody in, you know, when it feels right, like, I I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a formula. Like if they, if you trust them, if you believe that they have, you know, good intentions, that they're good with kids. You always do it more informally in the beginning and kind of move into it and, you know, and see how they respond. But, you know, honestly, any type of like just girlfriend, like a friend of mine, not romantic or anything, when they come in the house, he he's hanging on to their pocket. It's wild. Yeah. And so I can tell he's, yeah. he's, he's either a 
crazy ladies man or this man <laughs> trying to get this house right um because you know there, there, there does feel like there's something missing and you know we're working on that he's yearning love for that, it. love that yeah he's on I his own journey for love <laughs> would you okay question would you be okay with james being the future bachelor um i would i would have to say he um <laughs> no i i don't think i would want that i think <laughs> I, after seeing everything that bachelors go through nowadays i mean yeah i don't blame you man <laughs> yeah i would i would say hope, hopefully he could find a uh, alternative method of, of uh, finding love fair enough and, and speaking of bachelors man you've uh You've had a little, a little stir on social uh, within the Bachelor franchise. Uh, one being with Clayton, the Bachelor. Uh, you know, thank you for your support and supporting him. You were yes, sir. really vocal about Clayton and his TikTok drama. Yeah. Have you guys ever met? And like, what was your take on it? Um, Clayton and I, throughout his whole season, um, you know, he was bouncing some ideas off me. We were, we were talking. Um, it's a lonely place to be in the lead. Uh, and to do that, you know, you, you have a lot of people, not just other casts that are firing at you, but you know, the public judging what's going on. And the, I mean, I get it. it once you're in the public eye, it, you know, you get all of it, the good, the bad, the ugly, and it's not to take away stuff like that, but I, I wanted to make sure that he felt like he had a safe space where he could talk to somebody. Um, and, know that he wasn't alone i think that's just what we're all seeking out you know and so we started we started talking and then you know when that tiktok girl came out with her video i knew it was a lie the second i heard it but but i had sent that video over my response to clayton right before and i was like dude i don't care what you did but I'm about to post this. Don't make me look like a fool. <laughs> like, now is the time. This will be quiet. And he's like, hey, okay, your ass better not Yeah, here. I was like, uh, think, you know? And I'm like, now it's in cyberspace. But I, I knew he did. I knew he didn't do it. And, and I yeah. think, I think that's the scary part too is there's a lot of people that are trying to stir something up. Case in point. Case in point. Blake Horseman came to Cleveland one time to do a DJ set. He was playing at this bar that I never, ever go to. But I wanted to support him, right? And so he said, swing on by. So I swing on by. I'm literally there for 15 minutes, right? And I'm on my way out. There's a girl there. It's her 21st birthday. She's wearing this big sash, you know, happy 21st and everything. She's like, she notices me. She said, can I get a picture with you? I said, absolutely. Takes a picture with me. Cool. I leave. 15 minutes. In the morning, I'm tagged in a post that literally says, met this guy last night. Let me tell you, it went all night long. And then what? below it is like, this girl's 21. I'm 38. Everyone's Jeez. like, you know, Michael's a old pervert <laughs> or something. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't defend myself. Like, I just took a picture while I on my way out and it's like you can't talk yeah. about it because you know it almost creates more attention to it. Yeah, yeah. That's insane. Cloud chasing is a is a real yeah, thing. Yeah, it's a, it's <laughs> a real thing. Cow. So, I mean, in mine was very small in comparison to Clayton, but you know, I could relate yeah, to it. It's, it's, it's and still speaking crazy. on that, man, like have you like can you tell us about any other struggles that you've had on social media? Because, I mean, obviously, it's a it's a monster in, in Bastard Nation. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes sometimes I always walk the line between, you know, what to what to be vocal about in terms of, you know, a certain issue versus, you know, what to retreat from. I, I don't know. It's it's like picking your fights, um, yeah. you know, and kind of finding finding your voice. Which, you know, for me, Facebook came to my college, like my, so my sophomore year of college. So I thought social media, I thought it completely bypassed me entirely. And so now, you know, at 38, and Brian, you know, it's like we're, we're cast into this and it's, it's not part of our lexicon. It's not part of our, 
like <laughs> habits. So what are you laughing about, Mike? <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought I was old, but you just said He's like you Mike, were you in just with Facebook game. Man, oh old, my man. god. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. But yeah, it's <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Mike, do you, Mike, do you know what MySpace is? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I know MySpace. No, no yeah, I know I you know. know. I was like, I was asking oh, Mike. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I know MySpace. I, was just, I, I was wasn't just in college joking. when MySpace came. <laughs> I was just joking. I'm sorry, Michael. I'm sorry. Uh, that's that's so crazy. I wasn't in college at all, beginning or end of that. Um, but within social media as well, uh, you know, there's certain emojis that you can and can't use. People have certain things with the emojis. You know where I'm going. The purple devil emoji on, you know, Katie's post. What was that about? How did you feel about after that when you got yeah some flat? I mean, I mean, we're all learning, right? <laughs> I took I took that L pretty hard. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, right? Like, the tricky thing was is I never even thought that she was going to end up with somebody else. Like, I believe that deep. I believe that deep in my soul, and so when you say someone else, like from the show, yeah, or? yeah, like okay. I. I had a feeling that that after I left, I, I felt like this connection between her and I, that maybe there was still hope for something down the road. Um, but you don't do that on someone's wall, you know, when everybody's watching, you know. And, you know, I needed to wait until the whole thing, the whole show was, you know, over before I should have said anything. But yeah, that one that one hurt. Gotcha. And what about uh, Amanda Klutz, uh, co-host on the talk? How did that friendship come about? Because the internet was basically buzzing a while back when they saw you hanging out. Uh, what's up with that? So you guys may not know this, but Amanda's from Akron area. So no. so her and I are from here. You know, her story is also very tragic. You know, she lost her husband to COVID. Um, she has a, a young child, um, Elvis, who's, uh, you know, James's age. And so, you know, she lives out in L.A. I'm, I'm here in Akron still. And once I got off the show, she kind of reached out and we started talking and developed this friendship. And we had just so many similarities and, in, in, I guess, the way we look at life, hopeful but also with some reverence to the tragedy that we've had to overcome. And just this great friendship happened. And so when she came back to uh, Akron for Christmas, you know, I was like, let's, let's go grab a drink and got to meet her parents, got to meet Elvis. They're an amazing, amazing family. And I think, she, I think she'll be a lifelong friend. She's is salt of the earth. See, that's like some of the beautiful things about being on the show is that your story you know, is opened up to Bachelor Nation and Bachelor fans. And so therefore you can connect with so many more people. So like exactly. we can say there's there's negative, but there's also these awesome, beautiful things that take place. As well. Exactly. I mean, I, I would take all knowing all the negative. I, I'd run back into it again. Definitely. With, Same. You know, your your friendship with Amanda. Can you share, you know, because you guys have a similar background. Can you share anything that you would tell a friend or just someone listening that has lost someone or is struggling, what would your advice be? I would say, you know, the the bravest and strongest thing you can ever do is ask for help. Um, that is by far the greatest thing. And asking for help isn't isn't failing. It's actually refusing to lose. And so, if 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 you can reach out and you can connect with someone at a very important part in time in their life. And sometimes it's not what you say, but just listening, be still, be quiet and allow them to get something off their chest. I, you know, for Amanda and I, an interesting part about grief is that believe it or not, a lot of people, when they have seen you like me and Laura together our entire life, they would never admit this, but it becomes true that they like you sad. They prefer you sad. They like the idea that you were 
this long lost love and there's this like martyrdom that you lost somebody and they, it's very uncomfortable for them when they start to see you building and getting progress and, and having a hopeful future that, you know, doesn't include the person in your past, at least the way that they see it. And so you have to fight through some of the, the noise and the uncomfortable conversations that arise on your own kind of journey to build a new life for yourself. And so we were kind of going back and forth about when is it time? When, it, when are you ready? And it's not, it's not set in time. It's actually all based in work. You have to work really, really hard in order to, to get to where you want to go. What's up, man? You want to come in here and say hi? Come here. Come here. Is that Big James? Yeah. Tell him to say hey. What's going on, hey, buddy? Hey, man. How are you? <laughs> wow, How's you're cool so today? big. Can you hear them? Yes. They can hear you too. What do you want to ask them? Um, what is your favorite number? <laughs> favorite number? <laughs> My favorite number is six. What about you? 33, 7, and 23. I'm 10. <laughs> 10? <laughs> he asked the real hard-hitting questions here. <laughs> I love the number 10. That's a cool number right there. Can you count up to 10? Um, what did you say? Can you count to 10? Yes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. putting him on the spot. There we go. <laughs> Great. Congratulations. Yay. Test, Yay. test, <laughs> test passed. <laughs> All right. Give me, give me five more minutes or so and I'll be out there, okay? I think I think you got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I think you got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yes, I you definitely got to go to the I think you have to go, go to the bathroom. Yeah. yeah, go to the bathroom, buddy. Okay, I'll see you soon. Um, that was that was so interesting what you just talked about, Michael. Um, Laura's parents. You mentioned that you were still close with them. Like, how do they see your future with your son and finding somebody? Like, are they gung ho about you finding that other person as well? I mean, I think they want me. To, it's, I know it's a tough well, situation. No, no, yeah. no, they they want me to be happy. I think everyone gets worried that somehow their their spot is going to be replaced and that their life is going to be you know threatened and i reassure everybody who's important and vital in my life including them most that the next person in my life it's it's not even a discussion point like you have to be able to accept you know, my, my in-laws, because they're not in-laws, they're, they're family with me. Um, it's not, it's not them and us. It's all of us kind of together. And we've just been through so much. I can't imagine a time where I would want to give up that history. And, you know, that's one thing that also goes away after you lose somebody like Laura and I were together for 16 years. I, I have no more inside jokes with her anymore. And, you know, it's like you have to start all of that over again. And so any relationships that you've had for the majority of your life, that is the most important thing in life. You cannot give up your relationships. That is like your your past, your present, your future. It's everything. So I'm always trying to nourish those and, and nurture those and make sure that they're healthy and, and that we're, we can all walk forward together. Amen, man. I think that's a very healthy. And any woman that you know comes to your life, like you said, we're it's not us and them; it's all of yeah. us. Yeah, or you, not you. Yeah. yeah, there's enough resources for you. everybody. No one has to fight. Like we can all we can all be together. It's a it's it doesn't have to be an either or. Life is more of an and. Definite life is more than and for sure. Uh, Michael, you had mentioned and kind of steering gears here you had mentioned that you're a pathetic loser your words not my words right um what's that about mike yeah. come on you know the things we wake up to in the morning that was such a joke <laughs> and then it was like put on a, a news article i mean for background someone asked me on instagram that you know why am i still single and i said that there's a lot of reasons but for one i'm a pathetic loser and i was laughing at it I mean, one, I don't think I'm like a pathetic loser, but also I'm, you know, life has humbled me, man. I, 
am humbled by it on a regular basis. You should see the stuff I got to do. Um, but, you know, it was just kind of fun to laugh about. You know, I, I know I have value. I'm, I'm not worried about that. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> you would have been a stud, dude. I mean, we all know that, but... I mean, you are a stud, though. You see no, the difference in that? I would have been. You are. Well, you know? Well, thank you. Thank you. You're good. You know, quite honestly, Mike, I just think that they don't like Mike's. Maybe that's the case. I don't know. Mike, Mike <laughs> haters out there? Oh, my God. <laughs> just playing. Just, just, just playing. It was too easy. Uh, is there anything, talking about the show, though, is there anything that you wish that the audience, you know, got to know about you from time on The Bachelorette? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because when I was watching myself on there, I'm like, Oh my God, who is this guy? He's like always sad. And he's like, (laughs) and I'm like, why is he making everybody cry all the time, dude? And I'm actually a very happy, like go lucky, funny kind of person, lighthearted. And it was odd because all the times I was on the show, we were talking about very, you know, important, deep conversations. And there were so many of them that they couldn't show any of like my lighter side. Um, and that's yeah. just, you know, there's only so much tape. And so, of course, yeah, no, I think, I think for everybody else, that would be, I'm adventurous I'm spontaneous. I'm a risk taker, you know, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe there'll be time for you to see more of it. Any regrets from your time on the show, anything that you would change about your journey? Oh man. I mean, my departure, I had to do it. Like all that stuff really, really happened exactly as it happened. Um, you know, when you, when I received that call from James, it was, it was this weird switch because I had been speaking to him the entire time, but he started to show signs that he was taking it personally and feeling as though he was the root cause of why I wouldn't come home. And so it wasn't just missing somebody, but it started, it started to sound like, like maybe you don't want to see me anymore. Like that kind of feeling. And I just, with everything we'd been through, I never wanted to, you know, put added stress onto him. And so that definitely had to happen. I mean, I, absolutely. I I mean, for the most part, I stay out of drama. Um, I really don't, I really don't understand it at all. Like, you know, fights happen, that occurs. Like, I'm the guy that's like, why don't you guys say you're sorry, make up, like, but I know that that's, you know, not good TV, but um, good friendships, I don't know. It was, it was a great experience. I would, you know, I'd be interested to do something again down the road. Something again. You're, uh, you're so politically correct. I like that. <laughs> uh, that was the absolute, I don't got to tell you, the right thing to do, you know, yeah, for your family. Absolutely right thing to do. Uh, but lastly, man, I know you got to get back to James. Can you just please keep, get us up to speed and how we, Brian and I, and how our, our audience and our beloved fans could help you and just tell us about the L4 project. Oh, thank you. So I started the uh, L4 project uh, about two months after Laura passed as, as a way to keep her legacy alive. Laura was extraordinarily philanthropic and giving in the community. And when she passed away, there was this void that was left. And I was trying to fill it with a legacy project that would keep her spirit alive and do and raise some money for uh, free cancer services, the people that are literally going through the hardest time in their life. I'll tell you this story. So basically, there was a time when Laura and I were getting chemotherapy. It was at University Hospital in Cleveland. It was snowing outside. You're going to chemo, literally the worst like visit you can have. Your body feels like crap afterwards. No one looking forward to it. There's this woman next to us. We're talking to her. She's getting chemo. Laura's getting chemo. We became friends. Then all of a sudden we like blink and she is outside at the bus stop and it is snowing, waiting for her bus to take her back home. And I remember there's nobody here to pick you up. Like when, I mean, here I am like making excuses not to go to the gym and you're going to something that makes you feel awful through the snow, taking buses to do it. And there's nobody there for you. Like that breaks me. And so what the L4 project does 
is we sell merchandise online. All of the proceeds go directly towards free cancer services to transportation, um, wigs, you know, I mean, making people feel human again, which goes away during this whole entire process when you're getting poked and prodded and, and measured and scanned on a regular basis. So, you know, we, we don't have the resources to be able to cure cancer, but we can help make other 501c3 organizations, you know, fueled with enough money to be able to continue their noble missions. Uh, thank you for doing that, man. That's, that's an amazing cause. Thank you. Thanks for Appreciate telling that, that story. That story, like, I think people, oh, you know, you, we've all heard this. People forget uh, what you told them, but you'll, they'll never forget how you made it feel. And that yeah. story was definitely, like, clearly my spine. Yeah, uh, and, clearly and there's, there's, there's tons of it. I mean, I think all of us, we have an experience that we went through in life that, as painful as it was, we it defined us and we can't forget it. And it's a part of us. It rolls with us. And there is some point in which you now have an obligation to touch on those injustices, to right those wrongs for other people. If you possibly, if you can, if, if you possess it. And it's amazing how fruitful and fulfilling life actually gets when you take yourself out of the center of your world. Stop making sure. all of your problems the center of your world. You start putting real problems in there, your world becomes a much happier place. And so it's it's not all just, uh, you know, I, I guess it's selfish in some ways too, because you feel good about yourself and it puts things into perspective. Very true. Uh, Michael, before we forget, What's the website or where, where can they go? Where can people go? Yeah, you can go, uh, if you want to support uh, L4 Project, you can go on to L4Project.com. Uh, we actually have a, a, a partnership with Akron Children's Pediatric Cancer Center right now. And so the money, if you buy a specific shirt, it's got a heart on it. It's called the Sunset Shirt. All those proceeds are basically earmarked for Akron uh, Children's Hospital, their pediatric cancer center. So working with them, trying to raise some money and, you know, continue Laura's legacy. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you for that, man. Thanks, Thank fellas. For, uh... See, I, now I'm making everybody sad again. Yeah, I'm making you sad. It's more uplifting. It's a positive thing. It's an up, uplifting thing, like Brian said. It's not. It's, it's a part of life. Uh, like you said, life still will go on. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I just thank you for like all the things you do. You're a freaking awesome father. Uh, that was a really cute moment that we had. It's going to be one of the talking it out top 10 moments of the year. Oh, so that awesome. was really awesome right there. The things that you're doing for Laura, uh, your mindset, and then just the things of how you're handling The Bachelor. So I think that uh, can't wait to just see what you're doing in the future, man. Uh, Appreciate you having me. Good luck, man, because, you know, you're definitely going to find a great woman and she's going to be very lucky to have you. Oh, so thanks guys. I, I look, I look forward to, to hearing about when that day comes. Uh, thank you. And thanks for having me on. Hopefully we get to meet up in person. And if so, first rounds on me. I'm Sounds not going good. to deny that. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, you have a great one. Uh, thanks guys. Appreciate it, Michael. Take care, man. You got to love Michael. There, like there can be no, no hatred will be given to Michael. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. Now he's gone through so much, man, and just raising a child, you know, after losing your significant other and his mother. I mean, it's it's got to be super tough. But I think he's he's doing an amazing job, and he he's definitely a is. great representation of of you know being a father and just being there for this kid and you know being you know basically being cognizant of of his feelings like i think that was so important like what he did he left a show he left an opportunity for himself because he realized in that moment that his son needed him and that's that was powerful man that was, was. very powerful truly was uh i hope to only be half of that when i become a father yes sir yes sir but on a more positive note man Let's hear your gem, man. What do you got? What, what, are, you, what are you leaving uh, the I actually, people talking with? about positivity, I got this from Michael today because, you know, I never come in with a gem. I, 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 he like dropped a couple gems. It. He did. Uh, that's, that's what they do on Talking It Out, baby. That's <laughs> what our guests do. Uh, for me, my gem was simply that I got from Michael. Uh, just find the good in things. You know, uh, live in the moment. That's why it's called the present because it is a gift. Yes. 
Love that. Mine is not all storms come to disrupt your life. Some come to clear the path. Or some come to clear your path. Um, that hit me. That Facts. hit me today. And with that, got to say thank you to all of our listeners. We love you all. And just thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this and every episode. Absolutely. You know, we love to hear your opinions, your stories, your opinions. Tell us how bad that I'm doing or how crazy Brian is doing as well and how awesome <laughs> his abs look. And your insights, we really do appreciate that. So please don't forget to like, comment, follow. Message us on social at Talking About B as a Bachelor in as a Nation or IG. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Listen to us on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. And baby, don't DM me no more until you hit the subscribe. Lay out.